0: Sonic. State. Not all.
1: So, hello welcome everybody. Um, this is the post messer sonic talk podcast a music messer of the biggest music show on earth quite possibly and my feet still hurt uh, this is sonic talk number one hundred and seventy uh, recording live on wednesday the thirty first of March uh, going live um, well not live going into iTunes and your various distributions on the f- First of April, which I believe is your tenth anniversary, is it not? Dave Spears from G Four Software, who's joining me too. <laughs> it is, yes. Bizarrely, yeah. Oh, how sweet! This it is, is sort of, yeah.
0: We're going down the pub for the whole day. Are
1: you? God, I wish I could join you, but because I've got such a short week, I got to work like a dog tomorrow because Friday's a bank holiday, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I'm going away for the weekend
1: I'm going away for the week i'm going ca- i'm going to sit, I'm going to get in, on a caravan holiday on the south coast of England, really <laughs> when there's blizzards coming in from the north, then that'd be nice And until
0: the day before yesterday, I was going on a caravaning holiday in Suffolk. Ah but we changed it to a woodland uh what I think was called a woodland lodge, which sounds great, but I bet it's some kind of prefab in the middle of the woods somewhere.
1: It's uh, it's a chalet at the back, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, hello everybody, welcome to the chat room, live um, for those who are officially... Oh, Charlie Allen has now officially listened to 100 podcasts, well done. Um, the Live chatties, uh, welcome, sorry about last week, um, I was traipsing around the Music Messer show, was it Wednesday? Yes, I suppose I was, I would have been actually, about this time, let's think, 16.02, it would have been 5 o'clock, I would have probably been just about dead on my feet going, thank God this is over, for the first could- day. But uh, yeah, music messer. how can we uh, how can we? ignore that fact. Today is the podcast that sort of celebrates the end of that. And, and me and Dave are, in fact, it. Um, unfortunately for us, um, and perhaps fortunately for other guests, uh, Rich Hilton has got a vocal recording session, which is, you know, obviously takes precedence. And PJ's got uh, visitors and uh, and what have you. So, you know, that's just the way it goes. And uh, Dave Robinson was going to be doing it, but uh, um, had a diary malfunction. So he's in a meeting with uh, somebody who we met at mass- uh, Music Master, actually. Called Sonodyne, the um, the Indian speaker manufacturers who are celebrating their fortieth anniversary this year. Actually, I went to, I went and had a look at their speakers. They're really amazing. They're a bit like um, Genelec type. Enclosures in the, in in so much as they are aluminium boxes, so the drivers are decoupled completely from the enclosure, and they sound awesome. I, I went over to Hall Eight and had a listen and did a video uh, interview with the chap, and um, they sound amazing. I mean, they sound much bigger than they look, and not not in a kind of hyped way. It, I'm very impressed actually, and they're not too expensive either. Something wow. to check out. Wow. I'm to try and get some in for review. Uh, see what I did there? That was quite a nice link from uh, Dave's non-turning up into a sort of news item. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Astonishing. Of course, Dave, you weren't there. Um, I'm suspecting you're probably feeling smug and self-satisfied and probably physically a lot less knackered than I've been in the last couple of days um, as uh, no. a result. No. Oh, okay. The opposite. <laughs> well, you've had work to do as well, haven't you?
0: <laughs> yes, yes. we have in beavering away uh what can i say really other than why does something work brilliantly on xp and then on most vistas it works fine and on some people's vistas it doesn't mm. so it's needling a haystack time i'm afraid oh that's such a nightmare isn't it Oof. tedious very very tedious but on on a bright note we got that controller through yesterday i saw a
1: picture looks very nice it looks a lot smaller than i anticipated i think he was using a wide-angle close-up thing uh before, before we kind of sound like um we're, nobody knows what we're talking about this was uh you had uh, the impending release of the imposca 2 which is what we're talking about you debugging and working on the final tweaks you had a hardware controller made right
0: yeah yeah this amazing guy in germany who uh contacted us and said would you like me to make you a controller and we went no thanks no in fact we went brilliant brilliant yes please and he did and he's done it all in about i don't know three weeks a month and it arrived yesterday with this brilliant note in it just saying i've done my best i hope it's enough to enjoy (laughs) and we were just kind of going wow 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 and plugged it in and we're going wow 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 but of course it's made me want to do some more sounds because you can get these really kind of minuscule little tweaks and things going of
1: course yeah it's easier to kind of be a bit more microscopic
0: a bit more, yes.
1: Oh, cool. what, are you but- going to give them a special name? Sort of a, uh, you know, I don't know, like a... I don't know. What have you called the uh, hardware version? Has it got a special name? Uh, no, it's just the ip controller by Mario. Okay. We- we've
0: christened him Super Mario, because he is bloody super.
1: Oh, that's, that also has a nice tie-in with another story from Music Messer. Um usually uh, i have to admit uh, dining in me in uh, frankfurt is a bit of a hit or miss affair um, we actually discovered that we were staying next door to one of the most famous italian restaurants in the whole of frankfurt but not in a posh kind of style and the waiter was called mario hey. and uh, it's a brilliant place and it's called uh, bella Se- pizzeria bella seven if you look it up on the internet frankfurt there's a, a whole load of uh, kind of uh, comments are based upon up it and what it is is it's amazing you stand outside it's like a calf um no oh, charlie allen says you could call it the pimp oscar <laughs> that's a great name anyway you stand outside on the uh, and, and they sort of say yeah i've got a couple of tables it's packed the whole time um you don't get a table you get a seat so it's like oh two over there so you just join somebody and we met a few really interesting people while we're there and it's th- quite possibly the best food i've had in months Wow. And really cheap. I think the first night we had... This is very non-music tech, but it's sort of relevant because it's, it's Frankfurt and music message. Yeah. We had uh, pizzas the first night yeah. and, uh, you know, a couple of drinks each. 22 euros. What? The next night we had this uh, massive starter plate, which was uh Palmer ham, an entire buffalo mozzarella uh smoked aubergines and, and roasted stuff, and you know rocket salad and parmesan and all this stuff and then this thing called an t- antelio which is uh artalia which is a, a big plate of um beef steak that's cooked on a hot plate and you get you get it and you turn it over and it just kind of cooks in in there with with uh, tarragon oh uh, with rosemary and olive oil and stuff. And that was awesome, and again, and a couple of drinks, and that was €33 Euros for the two of us. That's not each, that's in total. Absolutely wow. awesome. I'm, wow. I, it's almost worth going to Frankfurt just to experience that restaurant. And there's no menu, you just say, yeah, they say, yeah, we got pizza, what do you want? And you just kind of have to tell them, you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's just, and they must, you know, they must just turn over so many people so quickly.
0: Superb. I like that whole kind of Italian dining thing where you just kind of grab a space on a table.
1: I've never had that before it's
0: brilliant when i did that general music stuff years and years ago they were kind of you know because they were all real foodies and they were kind of taking me out to all these restaurants which were basically like people's houses
1: right this is kind of what this is like really we
0: kind of sat down in this room and they said oh you know versace used to eat in here because i mean it's all brilliant food and great prices and stuff like that and then the next thing is jean-paul Gautier walked in and sat at our table it was like i got the phone out and made him talk to the missus she quite likes him
1: ah well done I had a, um, we had a very uh, strange experience there. There was this bloke, I don't know who he is, we got a couple of pictures of him. He looked like the long-lost stoner hippie brother of Dave Smith. <coughs> and he had long, lank, long, long sort of grey hair and a headband... He looked like he was out of a Cheech and Chong movie, funnily enough. (laughs) And he looked exactly like Dave Smith. There's a couple of pictures. And it was an uncanny resemblance. Um, That's about a synthy. Anyway, we should get onto it. We're getting flat from the chat room. They want to know about the Mesa. So, uh, well, my first impressions, obviously, uh, the music Mesa this year, um, it seemed a little bit down, you know, a lot wider aisles and all that, and uh, uh, notable exceptions. I mean, no native instruments, no propeller heads, no Ableton, no Apple with Logic, and no Pro Tools. I'm in a wow. small, avid kind of section on one of the distributors. So, the the Steinberg were the only people at Stein so. There's Steinberg Personas, and Cakewalk are the only other door makers. So, big software manufacturers not there at all. I mean, we know Native Instruments don't do trade shows at the moment or app, but it sort of felt quite like quite a statement. Um, what else could I say about it? Uh, but but the people who were there seemed to have something to show, and uh, I don't know. There's there's obviously a bunch of stuff. I don't know what. Um, what you've seen of the videos i mean we did manage to get quite a lot of stuff up i did get the the, the sort of live cam working on day one and got some shots of the korg monotron the uh, roland gaia and various other bits and pieces so i suppose we should start with monotron because that seemed to actually kind of cause the biggest stir uh, how, i would describe that as maybe um like a synth stylophone would you agree
0: uh yeah I liked it. The price was amazing. It's astonishing.
1: Um, for those who perhaps don't know, the Monotron um, has got VCF circuit from, this is what they say, the same highly acclaimed VCF circuit. So I'm guessing it's real, not VA as uh, Korg's MS-10 and MS-20. I mean, it can't have quite the same thing because it's only got a single high-pass filter, low-pass filter, so it's not got low and high, but it does scream, and you can process external audio with it, and it's got a very fast LFO. So it's almost... The, and it, I think it costs 59 quid, 85 dollars, and that's, you know, uh, uh, full price, so you're going to get it probably a bit cheaper than that. So, I mean, that's the price of a cheap plugin, in isn't it? It's great. I mean, I, you know... I think it is modelled,
0: though, isn't it? I think the guy on your vid said that it was based on... <clears throat> I can't remember.
1: Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm pasting from the uh, the press, and it says the Monotron uses the same highly acclaimed VCF circuit as Korg. So I don't know. That's I suppose it's, yeah, it must be. Uh, Did I get to hear the filter, asks Charlie Allen. Um, Because, I mean, as much um, feedback from the chat room as possible because, obviously, there's only me and you and uh, we've got to stretch this out somehow. And, obviously, I was there and saw a lot of these things. Um, I did get to hear it. It did sound... It was quite screamy, actually. It did manage to kind of resonate. I mean, to my ears, it wasn't, you know, classic MS... Shannon S says it is analogue. Shannon S, by the way, has also modelled uh, a Monotron. Um, the link will be in the show notes. And uh, apparently got some good uh, feedback from the actual <laughs> the, the Monotron designer saying, good job. Well, yeah, rather I was than, playing
0: with it just before we came on, and it was great.
1: Excellent. So that's probably, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? That's probably the, the, the most talked about unit uh, from the show, uh, and it's a tiny, it's a stylophone with a filter and an LFO. So what?
0: What's that keyboard? Is it like like a ribbon keyboard?
1: It's, I I think, Like a wasp or something? It's a bit like that, yeah. Okay. So, hence the stylus phone vibe. I mean, it is very small. It's got a built-in speaker, and it's got the the LFO... The the other thing about it, the LFO is really high speed, so you can get Mm. some quite mad, almost ring-moddy kind of tones out of it. I mean, again, I didn't get a lot of time to play with it, but I did sort of sit down for a few minutes and just kind of check it out and see whether it was... uh, okay and it did yeah i have to say it was, it was okay and for that price it's a toy it's a toy yeah i mean and that's what they're very good at and, and incidentally a lot of the other releases were kind of toy size as well there was the micro station from korg which was um kind of fairly awesome <laughs> uh, in concept in so far it's got a 61 note keyboard but with kind of micro sampler or micro korg xl size keys yeah. And it sounds like a really crap idea and really... But, you know, when you look at it and feel it, the, you, it's like um, puppies, you know. When you look at them, and you think, oh. It's got the same... You sort of want to use it and want to play with it. It's very strange. It's a kind of really strange... You also feel paternal towards it, or at least I did. It's a, it's a really bizarre concept. But it, it's packed. It's got a load of stuff in there. 16-part multi timbral but tons of effects, sequencers, all sorts of, you know... All sorts of stuff in it: polyphonic arpeggiators, rhythm track. You know, I mean, it's got th- quite a lot of stuff under the hood. It's going to be about four four nine, I believe, which is about the same price as a micro sampler or a microcore XL. XL maybe a bit more expensive, but very cool. Yeah, it is quite cool. I mean, cool. I, I mean, it's not going to be for the keyboard players, but as um... Steve McNally, who did a lot of the demonstration for us uh, at, on the on the day, w- was saying, you know, the micro ranges, you know, the, the smaller version stuff is really doing well for them, and people just seem to want it. And it doesn't go to professional keyboardists. It goes to people who perhaps the keyboard isn't their first instrument, so they can just use a keyboard interface. It's quite, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that, definitely.
1: Um, going back to the Monotron, uh, can you play it with a stylus? I actually don't know. Um... Charlie Allen says yeah it's like continuous control like playing one axis of a K oscillator and I imagine it probably is very similar to that in terms of technology it's just that they've they've uh, printed a keyboard type thing on it but there must be some quantizing. I didn't check that I will I will have another look but yeah I think I'll be getting one definitely well how could you not really
0: it did I make me laugh the comments on the vid when I saw the vid I was looking at the comments on that and it was like I think it was 50 quid it? and people were going oh yeah but for 30 quid I might be interested, proving that if it was a tenner, someone would still want it for a fiver.
1: I know, 50, come on, <laughs> come on, get serious. In fact, there's been a lot of comments about, you know, why aren't they releasing, you know, same same thing. Well, uh, we'll go on to the next thing, which is, uh, oh, that's released, going to be available in August, 59 quid, 85 dollars, you know, uh, full retail price, don't know what's going to be. Um... Which takes us on to the Roland Gaia, which kind of, I don't know, I've never seen so much vehemence. Uh, if you remember the last show pre uh, pre-messa, I was playing some unknown synth and there was speculation as to what it might be. Um, several people thought it might be a Dave Smith kind of uh, type thing, but it wasn't. It was in fact the Roland Gaia. We did get sent the uh, a kind of pre-production model. It was really fancy. It came in a box with a, with a kind of special you know, Roland Prototype Synthesizer label on it, and it was all really exciting. So I had it a week before the show, and I had to rush a review through, which is perhaps why it's not as in-depth as I'd have liked, because I didn't get a chance to live with it for very long. But that was the other big release from the show, because Roland, you know, not really known for their um, synth, you know, synth releases, their kind of synth interfaces. They tend to play that down, which is a shame, because they've got a big legacy of this sort of thing. But you saw that, and you, I, I showed you the video preview as well, didn't you? Did What, mm. what did you make of that?
0: I liked it. I mean, I thought, good price. I love that three-layer thing. I mean, I, I used the JD800, which has got the four-layer thing, uh, and less polyphony as well. But, I mean, I liked that a lot, and I thought it sounded fine. Yeah. I thought the poor demo guy came in for so I much. know,
1: it's such a shame, isn't it? But but you have to say, it's not really his fault. I mean, but who on earth kind of signed that off?
0: <laughs> well, well, he did play Jump and the Final Countdown, which yeah, is... Yeah, I mean,
1: and the Nokia ringtone. In fact... Any, any any video that we've got from around the show. In fact, we did a a, a piece with the xbox guys, and you can hear in the background, da, 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 or you know the jump riff, or because it was only around the corner. <laughs> It was kind of, yeah, so quite funny that. Um, But yeah, no, and he's a really nice bloke, Jimmy Cress, actually, you know, and and he was put on the spot by us. And and the funny thing was, when I was filming that video, um, we didn't have any front audio, so I didn't actually know what he was playing. So all of his musical gags and references that I was his audience for, I was sort of staring back at him completely blankly, you know, like, and he must have been (laughs) thinking, oh, no, you know, but I couldn't hear him. So I didn't know what he was playing until I saw the video. Essentially so
0: uh, poor so, yeah. guy, he came in for so much flag. But as I said to Chris, his English is a lot better than my German, so we have to give him a break on that alone, I think. And his plane was good. It's just he chose jump and the final countdown.
1: Yeah, but I like the Which fact It's illegal. That, yes. I know it's Eric Persing um posted a link to that saying this should be outlawed. Um yes. Um <laughs> The other thing was... Uh, oh, yeah, Jim Jar Jimmy in the chat room says, uh, was that the one I was noodling with last time? Yes, it was. Uh, I was just kind of riffing around with it, messing about, um, that kind of thing. So, uh, MPS says he wishes the Gaia was black, not white. Yeah, maybe. And, yeah,
0: the name's a bit weird, isn't it? Because, obviously, if you've got the old Cockney accent, it just sounds like the Roland Ga- Gaia.
1: Gaia, yeah. Or, uh, and also, it's, it's named after a keyboard that actually already exists. Oh, Sho one Yes, HO-1, already kind of there was one wasn't there it was like hmm. a sort of mini sh was it like a mini sh09 kind of thing or I
0: can't uh, remember like a sh2 wasn't it but i think a single oscillator thing
1: right i think but anyway my impressions you can see them on site you know the, the, there's links to it everywhere because i'm making i'm milking it for as much as i can because you know i feel kind of quite honored that we were given the opportunity to see it before almost anybody else and uh you know good kudos to Roland for, for having that faith in us uh, you know, but my overall impressions were you know, the oscillators are not great, but I don't think they need to be because it's not for the analogue purists, it's for somebody who wants to get their hands on and fiddle about and you certainly do that I think the other thing that I missed was the fact that there are three layers and they're not multi-timbral that's, with that many voices, that should have been a given really, I would have thought
0: so I quite like that, do I quite you? like the fact that it isn't, yeah Why, why is that of- then? Just because you're kind of forced into, you know, if you building fairly complex timbers, as it were,
1: mm. and you certainly can. Um, there's no doubt about it. The the uh, effects as well kind of give you a hell of a lot of additional, uh, you know, capability.
0: I thought it sounded great. What was the price on that again?
1: Ooh, uh, seven three nine US dollars. These are full retail, and the okay. I think the UK price is going to be around about five hundred quid, but I don't know. So you probably see it a bit less than that.
0: See, so I would probably buy that for you know, a kid who was wanting to get into synthesis and lug around a hardware piece of kit. Right. I think it's a good price, and they get to learn about traditional yeah. subtractive synthesis. Exactly.
1: Well, one of the things that um, people are asking why it hasn't got Poly Aftertouch. No, it hasn't got Aftertouch at all, actually, but I imagine that's a keyboard price. You know, I expect the keyboard would have been very expensive if it had to have that. The thing that um, th- that threw me when I first got it Uh, It was not responding to velocity, and I thought, oh, it hasn't got velocity sensitivity, and it didn't really kind of, I thought, oh, well, never mind, you know, it's still kind of got all this other stuff, and then I realised there was actually, it had been been set in one of the shift settings, there's quite a lot of functions that you can can access via shift and wiggling buttons and what have you, and one of them is turning velocity sensitivity on, so it does respond to velocity, uh, which took me a little while to figure out, because it wasn't on. And, and not, not reading the manual, obviously. But there is a GM chip in there. Um, did you like my accordion playing? Uh, I thought that was very out. I did, it's sort of techno-accordion. Techno-polka-accordion, yes. But that, the, the op- sound I was playing over really reminds me of a sound that I love off the, um, uh, the Royksopp album. Uh, I forget the name of the track, but it's got that sort of... It almost sounds like it's kind of... Well, I can't. I'm not going to try and mouth it, but um, so it is capable of some pretty contemporary stuff, just because of the amount of stuff it's got there, and the phasers and the flangers are really quite organic. So you can get that kind of sweepy Jean Michel Jarre pad. You can also get some kind of funky phasey sort of stuff. But you know, I do wish people would stop demoing any of this stuff by playing ELP lead lines. You know, it's just enough already
0: that's funny it should be banned anyone who plays lucky man should be castigated publicly
1: yeah well anyway that was the Gaia um, seemed to be causing a big so they had a great big um sort of table with uh, six or eight of them on there and people would. it was constantly deep with people always having to uh, you know to wait to get on them so that was pretty cool uh, any other products that you noticed that were in the synthy in synthy zone what were your what was your uh, that jumped out at you um, the SM Pro Vintage Keys bundle looks nice, wink, wink. <laughs> I did have that in my list. <laughs> and that is worth a mention, not not only because it's got you on it, um, which I noticed you on a couple of things, actually. Um, uh, it was t- the fact that, because the, uh, the V Machine, which is the little box that is a sort of standalone Linux core, you know, VST host and effects processor. I've got one in for review, and I ne- I've never finished the review just because um, the installer and all that was just a bit below par. And I didn't want to kind of, I just, I'd rather not just sit there and slag it off. And um, the the uh, now there's a new installer, and new stuff. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to download the latest f- firmware and do all of that stuff. And it sounded like you know you can buy bundles. You can buy a vintage or classic keys bundle, um, and that's got some of your stuff on it, right? It's got. Uh,
0: because it's a mini-monster.
1: Yeah, you, and you can install pretty much you know, most VSTIs on it, which is quite a cool thing. And apparently it's a bit more efficient, so you get more, more power out of it. And one thing that uh, Danny from SM Pro Audio demonstrated was the switching between sounds is really fast. I mean, it, and also it does that thing where the previous note hangs, it doesn't cut mm. off you know, and that for performance stuff is pretty essential isn't it, so good, good marks to them they've obviously not left this platform behind and they're going to keep developing it so that's great, I mean I guess you probably have had some sort of communications with them about this so you know, you're aware of what, what goes on and how and stuff, or is that a Yeah, I just, I just kind of really, I have to say, I like the unit when it first came out but I didn't really check it out, mm. and then I
0: checked it out obviously with the latest software and thought, hmm, this is actually really quite cool you know it's, a, it's just like a tiny little receptor really isn't it like an old Walkman
1: yes uh, and I like them Aussie company yeah I like them as well they're just they, they are smart people with good ideas that don't piss about yeah straight talking That's I mean, and, and that's you know that's great I mean basically the company is Danny and another bloke and Danny is full of brilliant ideas and just gets them made. <laughs> and I just yes. really like that. It's like, I, yeah. I want something that does this. And you go, yes, and I'm going to make it. Because at every show, they've got five, six, seven, eight products to show. And if you wait... I mean, at NAMM, it's always a bit too overwhelming because you've had almost a whole year of development time. So they just show you kind of 20 things. It's kind of like Berenger used to be, you know. So it's, it's brilliant because at NAMM, they had,
0: uh, uh, not this year, but last year, they had everything in racks... So it didn't look like they had very much, but this year they kind of spread everything out, and you looked at the booth and went, wow, they've got so much stuff. Mm. Where did all this come from? But actually some of it's you know been around for quite a long time. But I love that boutique vibe. Yeah. Exactly as you said, you know, guys who kind of come up with an idea and go, normally to solve a problem that they want solved, and then go, right, how can we make this? Or can we make this? And there's usually a money numbers merchant behind the scenes going, yeah, it might work. Yeah. And then they give it a shot and I think that's that's the vibe it's interesting that you know a lot of the big companies seem to have sort of pulled out of the shows but a lot of the smaller companies seem to be kind of coming through.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, a couple of things going, flying past in the uh, the, the chat room. Obviously, um, the other thing, uh, somebody uh, Charlie Allen asked when the Solaris is being released because I bumped into John Bowen, who was on the kind of Moog uh, stand area, and he uh, was showing me the latest version. And I have to say, it sounded beautiful, and it's starting to look, you know, it's, it's get- I think he's finally kind of letting it go and kind of, right, no, no, not many more tweaks. I think the first production run is going to be, June, if I if I'm I'm right about that, and you know, I mean, fair play, fair play to all the pre-order people for hanging in there because I mean, he must be under an immense amount of pressure to just release something that perhaps, you know, he's not entirely happy with. But I think he's going to have to let it go at some point and we'll see it. I mean, because it sounded awesome and it looked great and there's a new phonetic filter which sounded brilliant. He didn't have any patches totally programmed up, but from what I heard, it sounded really great. And, and that ribbon. That ribbon, yeah. I think the ribbon's going to be replaced, but it's going to be a ribbon and it's going to be that big. Mm. For me, that was kind of probably the highlight of what I saw. Really? Yep. Interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, again, you know, that's just been a massive labor of love for John. And it shows, it shows. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a that.
1: really deep instrument um, to get into. God knows if we'll ever get around to reviewing it. It'll, be, it'll take us weeks. Imagine <laughs> me doing a 10 minute roundup of the uh, Solaris. I don't think so. Maybe I'll flip through a few presets and go, ooh, that's nice. Ooh, this is nice yeah. too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I can't imagine. I'd like to have a look at it, but uh, yeah. Um, and the other thing was the Rhizone. You see that? Because uh, yeah. I made a point, because we talked about that a while back, didn't we? We saw it in prototype, and I made a point of making a beeline for that stand and chatting to them. And uh, it's a very interesting thing. Um, I found out a couple of things about it. Um, as well as it's it's a core duo and it's got two gigs of RAM. Obviously, you can upgrade that. It's got a drive internal, it's got a bunch of USB ports. The thing that we saw was not quite the final finish, finished version because the rear panel is going to be beautied up and made all nice. And um, so, what it is, is a big, it's like a massive screen. All of the controls that run across it are, in fact, just laid over a, a, what must be a 19 inch or a 21 inch LCD. So, they, u- they d- use areas of that large LCD to display the user interface nice and you can plug in a second VGA because you can access everything via this you know the 909 type programming buttons and the rotary pots and all the function things but if you want to stick a mouse in it and run a second VGA you can run the actual VSTI and VST interfaces on the second screen so you actually get proper you know visual representation of the parameters and, and it, as it would be if you if you loaded it in your sequencer
0: which is And crazy. you'll have noticed a nice little synth on there.
1: I did. There was all. They also had the uh, <laughs> some more of your products. You're getting a bit <laughs> ubiquitous, Dave. we have to be careful here because uh, I know we've been getting flack for becoming the GeForce show, which is inevitable when you're the only guest. But uh, yes. But um, the yes, the, uh, uh, I was surprised to hear though Win WinXP embedded. Mm. I was really surprised to hear that. I thought oh, that's, that's kind of interesting, but you know, ten-year-old OS. I suppose a lot of the, the v- VSTIs will run fine on that because that's the the, the the kind of native starting point for a lot of them.
0: Mm. No, good. I thought it was a neat little product. It's going to be mean, expensive.
1: It's like €3,000 plus. Yeah, it'll be interesting
0: to see how it goes. Again, seem to be nice, guys. I mean, it's, but I, I, unfortunately, I couldn't really talk about it on the podcast when we raised it initially. In fact... I think we were in the office, weren't we, at the time, and I was mouthing across to Chris, can I say anything, can I say anything? And he was just kind of going, no, no, no. no."
1: Ah, okay, that's what that was about. Yes. I see. (laughs) Well, I mean, and so, because I was asking, uh, Gregory, uh, who was very kind to do the uh, demonstration for us, uh, obviously not his native tongue, so I'm not sure he fully got all of my questions, and one of the questions was about the copy protection and whether you could use... uh, uh, I lock and you know, th- third party USBs. And he said, you know, yes, it, I think he said it's possible. I mean, you perhaps know more. I mean, not that you use that copy protection, but you must have been informed of how it's all going to work, right? Uh, to be
0: honest, obviously, our stuff is serial number and that's fine on it, but so that's about as far as we went.
1: Okay. Uh, Ak IP in the chat room says MXP embedded actually makes a lot of sense. Um, Though he hates himself for saying it. I suppose the thing about X-embedded exp- is you can jettison loads of stuff you don't need, can't you? It's sort of much more modular and you can just pare it down to the, the bare essentials for uh, an audio kind of real-time audio OS.
0: Yeah, and I think that's exactly what we have done.
1: Yeah. And uh, I've noticed I've got the same thing on my Lassie um, <laughs> bigger di- Big Disk. T- two terabyte disc that's got a windows embedded though if my discs go down on that um the embedded goes down as well and i'm not quite sure how i would um reboot it and get it to work again but that's uh, that's completely left field and a, com- <laughs> another story entirely um, I, at this point um i should probably uh, say hello to our sponsors yamaha.co.uk thank you very much for them um for showing us uh the respect and uh, the support for uh sponsoring the show Uh, we'd like to draw your attention to their podcast they have a uh, monthly podcast which is called Yamaha Download great podcast well produced brilliant presentation um, lots of uh, sort of off-road information it's not just a Yamaha love fest they have interviews with artists they have people performing they cover a lot of wide range of musical instruments and high-tech and recording including guitars Um, uh, I think the current version is focusing on the pocket track uh, where they do a kind of round table discussion about people who've been using it in the field and how it worked for them so if you're looking for a, a a a small format a handheld recorder um, that's definitely worth checking out uh, you go to sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha and you can get to it from there and it helps them track where it's all come from so if you go that way it'd be a great help also um, Peter uh, Peck who's uh, one of the nicest men in the business also just told me to mention the Yamaha CP1 which is their flagship flagship uh, piano, acoustic electro uh, sampling piano, it, what does it use? It uses special technology, spectral component modelling that's right um, at, which sounds awesome from the n- demo I saw at Nam. Uh, he suggests, because it's going to be in the shop check it out and and sit down and play one because as he says, all the corporate communications and podvertising and all of that stuff in the world is not going to beat sitting down and playing one and experiencing for yourself so check out the CP1 stage piano a dealer near you and if you buy it Somehow tell them that we sent you, because um, it'll make us look good. But yes, once again, thank you very much to, Sonic- to Yamaha for sponsoring the show. SonicState.com forward slash Yamaha will get you a link to the podcast. And there's also the newsletter, which again is uh, lots of sort of production and interview and artist-related stories to do with Yamaha gear and other stuff too. Um, right, um, there was something else. Oh, I suppose that would tie in quite nicely with the Nord piano. I got a great demo with... Um, Bjorn, our favourite guy at Clavier uh, Stroke Nord. I don't know what are they called Clavier or are they called Nord?
0: Clavier, I think.
1: Good. Anyway, so he was there, and they had a special little room which was air-conditioned and everything, and they had a lovely set of—I'm uh, trying to remember what the speakers were in there—but they sounded awesome. And he played me—you know—they played the demo and they showed us, uh, you know, the differences between the sounds. And they had a specially tweaked-up version that had um, higher string resonance uh, mix capability and higher pedalling sound. But one of the things that was really good is he he held down a chord and then played other notes that then sympathised with the chord that was being held down, so you got that kind of harmonically relevant string resonance. Yeah, nice. And, you know, I have to say, you know, they seem to be... They clean. I mean, you see any live actor these days? Pretty much, that are using electromechanical instruments, sounds. You're going to see an aud electro or whatever on stage with them, aren't you? I mean, they tend yeah. to. And this this is an 88 key one. It doesn't do anything else. All it does is piano, and it's got uh, electro, electronic, and um, acoustic pianos. It's got upright, and I don't know whether it came across so well in the video, but in the room, it really did sound absolutely awesome. Uh, really kind of quite special, and you know, there's no kind of, it's not trying to be a MIDI controller or anything else, it's just a piano. It's going to be a couple of thousand euros, but it's going to be dedicated just for that, and of course it's the Nord Red, which uh, which we all love, know and love, and it's got three pedals, so uh, as a traditional Grand would have. Cool, but yeah, I didn't
0: check the video out.
1: I should. No, you you should. Yeah, it did sound very nice. And uh, let's have a look. What else are we going to? We've done that one. Oh, did you see the de facto carlax The the other kind of wacky French technology that we saw there. It's <laughs> like is... that, that mad controller. It was the thing that looks a bit like. Um, well, I don't know what it looks like. It's a tube with with uh, yeah. continuous keys what they call pistons, buttons, and a sort of, looks like an iPod LCD. And it has 4,000 step resolution controllers, over 55 controllers. It transmits over radio frequencies, because there's no latency. And then they, uh, and it's got a twist as well, and it's got inclination, as the lovely Emma um, was, was showing me. So you can move it, with your playing and it, it sort of has x y axis and up and down so you've got all these other um ways of affecting it and it really made sense when the the the, the head guy i forget his name i've got his card here somewhere did a demo because he's the one who invented it and uh, i'll see if i can uh, find it was we'll he the guy at the end he's the guy at the end that's right okay who had a slight christopher walken about him i thought yeah he kind of and everyone was kind of keeping their
0: distance a little bit it was like uh, uh, what's going on oh looks a bit scary
1: Remy Dury yeah he looked very serious but he played and what you couldn't get from that is he had a um, a a, 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 a surround sound going on so all of that stuff when it was panning was actually whizzing right around your head it sounded awesome it's a great demo but I, you know we're not going to necessarily see that in uh, uh, mainstream production it's going to be about three and a half thousand euros I believe
0: it's interesting this three thousand euro mark seems to be it's a bit like the sort of builder quote isn't it
1: well it used to, it used to be two thousand euros for anything boutique didn't it it's gone up by thirty mm-hmm. percent recently
0: mm. yeah there's a fair few people I noticed whenever you were asking the price, they were like, "Oh, three thousand, three and a half thousand euros." It's a bit like the builder coming into your house, sucking his teeth and going, yeah. "That'll be a grand love."
1: Yeah, right. What's well, five hundred round our way? You must, you should, you should, uh, you should get a quote <laughs> down here and get them to come up. Um, yes, well, that was kind of interesting. That's the Carlax from Defact, uh, and you know that that was very visual. I have to say, very visual, um, but slightly out there. Um, performance artists. Yeah, there is definitely an element of that to it. Let me see. What else did we see? Oh, I've got to give a nod to. Uh, it was obviously the Roland Lucinda, which is a new st- sort of uh, st- uh, guitar type of thing. Oh yeah, That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah I saw that was pretty cool. But the, I mean, the best demo for me was the Boss BR800, which is the new uh, Boss multi track things, like a little battery powered thing. It's the you know, I don't know what the last one was, six hundred I guess or four hundred. Battery powered, pair of mics on it, but you can also have uh four inputs. It's got Cosm modelling and Alex Hutchins did the a a really I mean he's an amazing player, but he did a demo where he just plugged his guitar into it and just, you know, riffed. And it was very impressive actually. And I think that's about four hundred quid. And it's an eight track playback, four track record type of thing, but with you know drum modelling and all this Cosm Business going on inside, yeah, and that did look pretty good. Uh, Let me see what else. Oh, um, best demo was it? Well, uh, player in terms of playing. Okay. Uh, What else? Uh, Oh, the uh, soundscape version six. There's a blast from the past on the SSL stand, right? Um, Soundscape, which was bought out kind of ages ago, um, and it was one of the earliest doors. It, I mean, it's 15 years probably f- been going 15 years but the the soundscape took the approach early on that um the it was tied to hardware so all the dsp would lie in additional hardware so that it was a closed system and in, in, in the same way that pro tools was but that's now changed um and it was it was one of the biggest um markets for kind of uh dubbing and pure audio editing work as far as i remember yeah and so version 6, uh, where they've been working on it for quite some time, now it sort of comes out of the dedicated hardware, and it runs natively on the computer. And they've done a load of really interesting stuff with kind of usability and workflow. Uh, and also it's tied in with the... Well, it's still it's still tied to hardware in the fact that you get one of those uh, SSL... I think it's an MX4 card, which gives you up to... 112 or whatever channels of eq dsp uh uh, uh, dynamics uh, in an ssl kind of mixer which is pretty pretty awesome um but the one thing that i thought was really good is they 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 made this mapping that allowed you to uh, there were two things in fact the first thing is every region has 12 zones so on each edge you've got a top a bottom and a middle then you've got the middle and the top and the bottom and then at the end so you've got 12 zones and if you roll your mouse over it the cursor becomes whatever you want it to be so oh, cool. effectively how you operate within the arrange page and where you put your cursor to do any kind of operation allows you to, to, to customise. In fact, it's 24 because you press option, you get another 12. So you've got 24 workflow kind of enhancements. So you can choose what the cursor will do or be depending on where you roll over on the actual... Uh, region, which I thought was a really smart idea for, for stuff, you know, like, you know, the things that you must do all the time where you have to do lots and lots of repetitive actions, mm. things like, you know, editing a podcast, for instance, that kind of stuff would be really kind of, I'm sure I could make that much quicker by having all of these custom things. And the other thing that was very cool is, as well as the um, assigning a track to a, a series of a, an output, you can also attract... Um, assign individual regions to an audio output, and if there's a crossfade between... So if you had a drum loop, right? You could assign the kick drum to one output, the snare to another output. But crossfade between the outputs, so your, your starting output and your, and your other output you can crossfade between them so you could do all sorts of really wacky kind of crossfade long textural things and it just sort of struck me that there's quite a lot of interesting innovation going in in there and that kind of applied also to um, the personas thing because I was talking to uh, their new guy Rodney Orpheus who used to be with Steinberg Mm. And, you know, one of the things that he was really excited about, and I guess it must be the same for the Soundscape people because they've kind of jumped a whole generation of users by, by waiting this long for an upgrade, that they can sort of sweep away kind of quite a lot of the bloat and junk and just focus on things that people seem to really want without having this huge legacy of... History and backlog, and you know, users to sort of drag along and, and all please at the same time. So, it must be quite refreshing to develop in those sort of environments. So, you can be quite innovative, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But that, I'm intrigued by the soundscape thing.
1: Yeah, isn't. it looked really good. And it, um, I'm trying to remember whether it was just PC, I think it might have just been PC. Probably, I, yeah. I'm not sure. I think
0: John, R John, the imposter guy, I think he did some stuff for them years ago. I mean, they had a massive foothold in the US in terms of post-production audio stuff for film and whatnot. In fact, I remember going to an awesome party that they threw somewhere up in Hollywood somewhere. So if the parties come back, I'll be well
1: happy. (sighs) So, uh, sorry, apologies to those who are turning up... um... Perhaps an hour late. Uh, well, no, nah, I mean, uh, oh, for me, perhaps uh, turning up an hour early because of the time <laughs> zone change. Whichever it is, it's, no, it's my fault. So I'm terribly sorry about that if you've, uh, if you've made a special trip or postponed anything to join us live in the chat room, which I will plug now. Um, chat room is sonicstate.com forward slash live. You get to listen to a live stream via Shoutcast, which you can listen to in iTunes. There's also a, a flash streaming widget that allows you to listen to the live stream, but also there's a, a flash chat room which you can use there, or you can join us via. An IR, IIRC client. I'm using uh, uh, Colloquy on the Mac here, which um, allows me to archive it and then I'll republish it later on so that there's a record of what happened and people can. It's quite a good thing to. What you do is you read the transcript and listen to the podcast at the same time. It has a kind of quite a nice continuity to it. Assuming I don't cut out huge swathes of uh, expletives and blue language and dirty jokes and unrepeatable for litigation reasons uh, stories. But we haven't had okay. too many of those this week, have we, Dave? No, I've been very good. <laughs> right, what else was there that we saw? Radical Accelerator, Radical Technologies. Oh, dude, that looked, that looked and sounded great, and I love that. The wiggly thing.
0: Yeah, 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 that was brilliant. And you could see that he was really entertained He by that, was, yeah. A sort of wry grin there.
1: Yeah, because yeah, because I said, oh, surely isn't that a bit of a waste? And he goes, no, it's a really cheap chip. You find in mobile phones. You just put it in and, you know, that's obviously not a German language uh, accent, but <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, the Radical Technologies Accelerator. And one of the things that he told me, this is an 8-voice out of the box, uh, loosely based on the DSP code of the uh, Spectralis, but not quite the same, to be honest. Uh, it's more of a, a single track. It's not a sequencer. It's not all of these other things. It does the... Uh, um, it's an eight voice duo multi timbral pure va but it's sa- you know it sounds awesome like the other Spectralis, all like all their other hardware just it's got that i don't know whether, whether them and maybe virus uh, access people use the same d2a's but they just sound brilliant in terms of audio um, there is an upgrade for it and you can you could include the increase the voices to 20 up to 20 voices and it'll do eight part multi timbral I believe um 1700 euros for the basic model but yeah it it, it the the amazing thing about it was at nam there was a piece of cardboard saying this is what it's going to be and then Two months later, there it is. And uh, jo- uh, Jörg was just flabbergasted. He said, I'm amazed that the, our guy kind of managed to turn it around so fast. And he's really chuffed with it. Um, but I did uh, go to, because uh, I was setting up audio, and I plugged the headphones in. And he went, no, don't do <laughs> So it's obviously <laughs> still not quite kind of, uh, <laughs> not quite ready for, for sales. But um, I think they're talking about June for production which wow. is awesome really and it did sound good although you know to be fair when he was demoing it to me he couldn't hear what he was doing because obviously the headphones didn't work so it was a bit uh, um, It still sounded good is it a VA the MPS says it's a VA and now I'm doubting myself I think it was a VA yes it is because it's DSP code I mean it's got some an- maybe it's got some analogue I don't know if the Spectralis has analogue filters or whether they're models I'd I, I, have to pass on that but it sounded good <laughs> um, which is the
0: main thing
1: Yes, and uh, Schneider's Buero weren't there, no Superbooth, no. Um, I think it's really a really tough gig for uh, Andreas and I think he tries to do it every other year or something so that he can kind of make sure he does it best because it's very, very hard work for him because he brings together all of these boutique guys and, of course, there's been a few that have gone down, um, not to mention, is it Carsten Shipman? The shipment filter, you know. He's, oh, really? Yeah, they, they sold the last few a uh, few months ago, didn't they? They're not bothering, oh, well. not making them anymore. Yeah, it is oh. a DSP. Thank you, Red Walks. I'll, I'll, at least you sound like you know what we're talking about. So I'm going to stick with that. Thanks the chat room, comes to my rescue again. Uh, that was good. Um, what else did I see? Oh, I got a really good demo with Amos uh, Gaines from Moog, who showed me some a bit more of what the Moog uh, multi pedal, the MP two hundred one, can do because that's had a uh, uh, an OS upgrade. And it's uh, the more you look at it, the more fantastic it seems to be in terms of what it can do because it's got. It's, it's like an interface between the analogue and the digital world. So you've got four separate CV channels. You've got ve- multi-stage uh, envelopes in there that can be very, very fast. You can program in. It's also got patching and output assigned. So you could hook it up to a modular system or a kind of system that had a bunch of different uh, CV and audio and use it to almost patch you know to to memory recall so you could kind of go right I'm going to put my drum creating envelopes and feed them into the into the oscillators and so therefore every time I hit a note it's going to go whoop whoop you know so I'll get drum like sounds and that kind Hmm. of thing yeah it looked good that I'd like to try and mess around with one a bit
0: Uh, Amos has been brilliant actually um, when I was setting up the Underworld rig he uh Got Me some stuff because the chances of dragging them down to a shop is somewhere between nil and zero. So he sent us up uh, uh, over, over a load of things, uh, and they're gorgeous sounding pedals, they really are. And yeah. that thing just kind of interfaces everything very, very nicely. Yeah, Do, do well, they I, use the mini
1: Murph because the mini Murph sounded good?
0: Yeah, I didn't, um, I kind of didn't stay on for the job of setting everything up to Carl's liking, right? Because that because
1: he can be pretty pernickety. <laughs> well that's what gets you where you are isn't it <laughs> so i kind of said to their main tech you can do that yeah the handoff
0: but yeah lovely stuff and he actually sent me an email back saying you know it reminds him of all of the old kind of sounds that they used to get but with it, within a kind of modern context being controllable you know
1: yeah 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 but that's kind of interesting and, and fun funnily enough i was talking with uh Jim Motley from uh, SSL at the time, and they've got that thing, the X-patch, which is just a 16 by 16 uh, routing matrix. And we're looking into whether or not that might also, if the buff outputs and inputs are fully buffered, we might be able to use it for uh, CVs. So, Because I was offered it for review, and I thought, nah, it's not perhaps going to be that interesting. But then I thought, actually, if we could use it to patch between analog uh, using CV and audio, or audio, then it starts to have quite... Uh, some interesting possibilities, I mean, albeit it 's not not terribly cheap, but you know if you need it, you need it, yeah. Sorry no sound examples here. I, I kind of was resting on my laurels a little bit because I assume you know all our videos are up and done and I've been editing like like uh, crazy. I want to say thanks very much to Simon who's been doing uh, the bulk of the editing work back here and Andy's back at home doing a lot of his stuff too. And and I want to say thanks very much to Marcus for sorting us out with uh, the local network uh, dongles and um, he he bought it for us and sent it over and I tried it out here and it wouldn't work and I thought I'd I'd um, <laughs> I I'd un- I'd made the SIM block itself by getting the password wrong, but it was fine. When I got to Germany, what actually happened was I found that I could put it into uh, one of these other USB dongles, which worked in my personal Wi-Fi hotspot. So it was a cracker. So I had my personal hi-fi wats- w- Wi-Fi hotspot up and running, which is always a pleasure. Have me you fit. met Marcus. Yes, we met him, um, yeah. and uh, it was very kind of him. And uh, I, I didn't get time to dr- buy him a drink because it was—it's all crazy. But yeah, nice, nice chap. He sent me some of his music as well. And, yeah. Um one of my favourite people. Yeah, top chap. Um, in fact, the more time I spend in Germany, the more I like Germans. I think me they get too, a
0: man, Seriously, no, very seriously.
1: Witty and amusing people. They're well, very similar to English people, of course.
0: Yeah, that, that dry sense of humour, yeah. man. That really Very comes mischievous. Across.
1: Yep, and of course, um, bumped into Hans for, or Non Eric from MusoTalk, Talk, who was doing a Sterling job. He was he was the official uh, Mesa caster, so uh, he did a deal with uh, Music Messer and had a kind of you know branded thing, and they gave him a room with a big fat pipe to upload stuff from the show, and which we availed him of on the first morning when our network wasn't quite working as <laughs> as it should have done. So thanks very much to Hans as well. Oh, the SPL! I saw some really good SPL stuff. The MS processor. They're, doing the, they're, they're kind of doing this um, high-quality high, uh, mastering and effect processing. They did two things that I saw. Uh, one was the MS processor, which basically allowed you to take a stereo signal, turn up or down the centre part of it, including panning it. So if the vocal's slightly off-centre, you could pan the vocal centre and turn it up oh. a bit. This sounds yeah. all a bit wrong to me, but it actually did work. And then you can process the stereo part of the signal, the sides, separately. So you can widen them out, turn them up or down, and EQ them differently. Wow. Uh, well, did you get to uh, check out that Electron track thing? I didn't uh, have any hands-on, but we did shoot a video of it. And it looks like a really interesting thing. I'd like to find out a bit more about it, so it, whether it can be used as well as performance but something that you might have in place of your trusty Akai's or whatever because that yeah. looked really uh, yeah it's it's kind of the idea of it is is a performance sampler i believe
0: yeah 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 that's what it appeared to be that, look yeah. good i like everything that they do yeah, yeah. and so, it's great it's to see like them releasing
1: safe. a new thing you know because yeah. um for for quite some time obviously you know since the the early demise of daniel um who was a top chap um unfortunately passed away in a, in a car accident some time back they've they've not released any sort of brand new hardware and so it's been really good to see see this and see them on track and kind of moving forward that's fantastic and it looks good and it doesn't look like it's going to be massively expensive as well so okay Track, uh, we got a video of that you can check it out um smart av tango See that the door controller. Now I not You probably don't remember this, but a few years back at Music Messer, there was this kind of Star Trek Enterprise dedicated door control that was about two thousand. No, sorry, twenty thousand euros, and it had this kind of sweeping, kind of arced uh, meter bridge, oh, yeah, and these yeah, beautiful yeah. indigo and and white uh, uh, and machined uh, dual concentric pot- potentiometers, and it was just this b- thing of beauty. But I mean, it was like you bought one specific to your door. It was that specialised. Well, um haven't seen them for a while and this is the same people. Um they've now re- released another version which is kind of more like a uh, hybrid. So you've got a main control surface which is in these kind of ballpark of the uh the emu stuff, uh, the sorry, the euphonic stuff and the Mackie Huey kind of thing. But it's also got this massive I think it must be twenty one inch touchscreen component as well. Um, which has a custom interface built into it so you hook it up to uh, i think it's it works with logic cubase nuendo final cut pro to a certain degree pro tools to a certain degree and various other ones and it what it does is it has a library of graphical representations of things but it has this really it's only got it's got eight faders and mute groups and you know all that stuff but it does this really brilliant thing at the top there's this line line of uh, it's called the arc which is similar to their arced meter bridge. So you can go through and you can select a whole load of channels and assign those to the eight faders. So it, the usual way with uh, Huey and Mackie Control and that protocol is you bank, right? Yeah. Uh, and what this allows you to do is actually mix and match. So you can just go, I just want the faders to represent this group of stuff or these faders or, you know. And it's, it reminded me very much of the way that the uh, Jazz Mutant uh, Dexter worked which had okay. really brilliant bit of grouping. So you could create all these internal groups, which meant that you could quite easily just go, yeah, show me the drums, and it would just give you the drums. And yeah, you could nice. bank between the gr- the drums, so it was sort of discrete grouping that's sort of out of the confines of the door itself. whole budget was still about five grand, but, you know, that's a, that's a whole lot less than 20 grand. <laughs> and you can get that and a sidecar extension, which has another 12 faders, for some really awesome uh, kind of... Well, you'd be the envy of all your nerdy friends for sure if you had one of those. But it's very much for mixing. It's not really a kind of edit scenario thing, but for mixing, if you're doing a lot of mixing indoors in the box, it could be just the ticket. And that, but that was beautiful. Nice. Um, saw some guitar things, new new Vireac stuff from uh, from Line Six. Um,
0: I did like that update for Trillion.
1: Yeah. Well. Once again hold. we got we got our uh, our nice access Eric and uh, Paul uh, make a point of kind of getting us footage and getting us really good recordings and they do a demo bespoke for us and it's really brilliant, And but of course I was under the impression that it's only ever for us but uh, I heard him saying, yeah, we can give you the footage to somebody else as well, so uh, I feel a bit, uh, I feel a bit jilted but you know, no, I'll, but seriously uh, Eric did, uh, again, a wonderful demo of stuff and some of these little features just seem like, yeah, wow, a different sustain mode, but that bass, when he was playing the bass stuff on the Trillion and there's yep. a sustain uh, what's it, uh, as a sustain mode I've forgotten what it is where it's all so you can play and it just sounded so goddamn realistic I mean it was just frightening I mean obviously Eric's playing it and he's probably the best demo of, of that stuff at all uh, in the world ever
0: it's the musicality of their stuff that kind of blows me away mm. all the time you know even simple little things like that and I think you'd even alluded to it on the site saying you know yeah well whatever but when you see it and hear it you go ah, makes a ton of sense
1: yeah, uh, it's uh, and, and also, though, he was going into sort of some of the deeper aspects of the synthesis engine of uh, Omnisphere. 80 oscillators per voice. Hold on a minute. I mean, <laughs> is, that really is that really necessary? Is that
0: really necessary? It is amazingly deep, and it does make me laugh when people go, oh, it's just a rompler.
1: It ain't, it ain't at all. Yeah, no, I'd like to get into it, but I just haven't got the you know I haven't had the time to, to check all that stuff out but I would like to kind of get a bit deeper into it and be be very nice so as the show attendance up or down I don't know that? really I mean we leave before the weekend before the public days because it's just hell I, I would say it was down a bit um, which is great for us because it meant we got more quality time I mean as I said I think at the beginning there were less people there and uh, when we were talking to people you know people saying the aisles are wider and I was like yeah it's probably the most expensive air in Europe um, yeah. but yeah. the people that were there seemed to be there for a reason they had something to show you know it wasn't just a kind of and this one's in blue there was more going on so the people who were showing things had stuff to show you know there there's a lot of other things that I know I haven't mentioned I know uh, the Waldorf uh, PPG3 talked to Wolfram franker he's always a great guy to talk to he's a lovely chap and uh, you know um I'd like to say thanks to him if he ever listens to this but yeah I, I know I think attendance was probably down I don't know what the footfall was like from in terms of public. They moved things around a bit because uh, Korg... Uh, traditionally, all the music tech stuff is in Hall 5 and 5.1. But Korg moved over to Hall 3 and they were in the drum hall, which huh? uh, you can imagine was a little bit noisy. But it was quite, I, I don't know if it worked better for them because they were actually nearer the entrance. So they might have had more footfall that way and there seemed to be a reasonable amount of people there at all times. So I did try, actually, and go to some of the other halls... But it's hard, because it's such a bloody long way. It's
0: massive, isn't it? It's I know. It's, 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 it's
1: Trying to kind of convey the scale of it. I think I did a post at the beginning. I saw it. It was brilliant. That was kind of me going, right, this is kind of, you know, it's very hard to convey on a camera like that. You know, it was on my mobile phone. But... Uh, well, especially when
0: you think that that tour house, the press centre, is kind of in the middle.
1: Yes, exactly. You, I think you
0: were sort of looking back at it. It's like,
1: yeah. it's massive.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I did a thing one year where I'd... um. I'd met somebody at the front desk and given them a badge, and then for some reason, <laughs> we'd gone for a drink. And I had a demo in Hall 9. So I'd raced back to Hall 9 after this drink and suddenly realised that I'd left all my stuff in the bar at the front. So I had that's to so go like racing mile. back down that vehicle like, Yeah, it was almost, you know, it would have been quicker for me just
1: to kind of bring a cab. Well, there is a bus. That's the one thing you've got to remember. There's a bus that goes up and down, and that's worth catching. Yeah. As long as it's not raining which it was on the last day, which because you never get in it. Um, uh, well, th- th- I don't know who it was, but on my first trip down towards the halls uh, on the Wednesday morning, which it st- opened at nine and I didn't realise, so we were in a bit of a rush, um, I saw a poor unfortunate um, person on their mobile phone on one of those um, moving pavements who didn't notice the end coming and it just caught them mm-hmm. and they went spinning around and went flat on their arse. Um, which was kind of funny I think they were fine But it was uh, it was shocking Because I've never seen that before You could imagine there'd be quite a pile up uh, Quite easily And there was another one that just stopped <laughs> Mid <laughs> Mid Everybody Everybody sort of And it was quite full Everybody sort of jolted forward And bumped into each other But yeah I mean it's huge <laughs> What there's 13 halls there now? God I mean that's just monstrous uh, Talking to people What they say is It's really necessary uh, Messer because what happens is it turns it, it's a place for the rest of the world and the whole of the EU. So you get people coming from South America as well. So the dealers come in and the distributors, and it's the place for the people to talk to and they do business there. You know, most of these guys not only have a stand but they'd have like a room somewhere, it, either in the stand or a private meeting room somewhere. Because we go over, and there's a guy who uh, I know who w- now works at Avid and he spends three days just sat in a room talking to distributors and dealers and kind of you know filling the order books and what have you and that's kind of his, yeah. the show for him no some guys don't even make it out of the rooms no exactly um, I think I've covered pretty much everything that I've got in my little list uh, I, I'm sure there's there, there is tons more of course but uh, I, I, as you know these trade shows have a habit of kind of just destroying your short term memory for quite some time because of the overstimulation that's going on
0: Well, you didn't check out the new Roland V accordion
1: ah oh, afraid not no I didn't I wasn't aware of it I always like to, if I can. Also, there's something worth mentioning here, actually, um, which is a bit off-road, but I I saw this via Home Studio Guru, which is this new iPad door controller. Uh, Mm, Did you see that? yes Yes. that's very interesting that's kind of the first I I put a tweet out about it which seemed to catch the zeitgeist a little bit and has been passed on by a lot of people Uh, but this was originally uh, Home Studio Guru who's a a, I think he follows us on Twitter and he's I think he listens to the podcast he's a podcaster as well check him out HomeStudioGuru.com and this is an app for the iPad from I think does it say Saltara or Satara software and it's an 8 channel thing and it looks very much like a kind of Huey type doodah but it's got uh, 9 multi-touch fly- flying faders obviously they're only graphical with 14-bit sub-pixel resolution per track level meters time display for SIMT, dynamically updated track names dedicated modes for Logic DP perf- uh, and Pro Tools more modes coming soon you know here we go it's kind of like and there's a big Apple store opened in the centre of Bath like a proper one with Genius Bar and everything just opened like yesterday or the day before I feel that there might be an iPad purchase coming on just so that we can start reviewing and and running this kind of stuff because I think this is going to be a very interesting development and uh, I think there's going to be a bunch of quite rapid and uh, interesting movement in that area so I'm quite fascinated to see what happens. I don't think we're getting them in the UK till the end of April, so I'm told. Do you know any different? Uh, no. I, I, I feel like I need a glass of water. I think we've done a sterling job of filling all of that dead air left by our compatriots. Who, uh, To be fair, I, don't, I want them to remain blameless in this because they give their time, as everybody does, free and uh, just for the fun of it. So when other things come up that are kind of more pressing, it's entirely reasonable that they get on with that. It just so happens that this week was a con... Uh, what would you call it, a conflux of um, uh, unlikely probabilities that everybody would not be here at the same time.
0: Yeah, I knew Mark wasn't going to be here, but... (coughs) Rich...
1: So anyway, um, next week I'm actually going on holiday. As I said at the beginning of the programme, I'm going to be heading off to a caravan in the west of England, which may or may not be a fun experience, depending on how the weather holds out. At the moment, uh, there's snow forecast in quite a lot of the UK, so it's not going to be perhaps the uh, sunny Easter bank holiday that we'd all hoped for um, th- as a repeat of last year or the year before, I forget now. but uh, So there's no show next week, um, but then we'll be back back to normal normal service and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, once again, thanks very much to everybody who's been listening live. Uh, thanks to all in the chat room. Thanks to Dave for joining me from GeForce Software. And uh, Even though you weren't at Mesa, you've been a very valuable contributor to this. I hope uh, I hope I haven't put you on the spot too much.
0: No, it was great. I mean, I've got you guys, again. Sterling works, I have to say. The whole Mesa thing was just like... I mean, I was looking at various videos thinking, yeah, not very exciting, but actually the way it's the questions and I know I'm brown nosing you here but the questions are pertinent
1: I think that sometimes works in your favour and sometimes it doesn't because what tends to happen is if you ask somebody who's perhaps a little reticent on camera as soon as you start talking their language, you engage them and you get a lot more out of them. But if you're talking to a salesperson who knows absolutely jack about the product, th- you can see the look of fear in their eyes when you ask the first <laughs> question that is completely pointy and they just don't know how to answer it. They'll have to sort of kind of go, oh, oh, God, now I'm going to have to deviate. But I like to do that. I mean, I think, you know, there's no, there's no point in just letting people just do their sales pitch because, you know, they can do that on their own website. So I think it's important yep. to try and you know dig a little bit deeper where possible. I mean, sometimes people you know people aren't going to be able to respond, but uh, we do, we try and do our best. And uh, I'm, what I'm trying to rig out now, because this camera that I use has got a manual audio, so it means that I don't get AGC, which means I can put in two separate audio feeds. And in fact, I did that on a couple of the uh, situations. What I'm looking for is a really small battery-powered mixer, two mics, and, uh, and a stereo line so I can feed everything into the camera even maybe forget about the uh, the zoom recorder for, for some things so I could just do a live mix of my voice, their voice and whatever else is coming in mm-hmm. so what I want, that's what I want my next thing because it means that I'll be much more self-contained because this time I didn't quite have the gear right I didn't take my big headphones because honestly, my luggage I took a tiny little camera bag and my wheelie thing I had no suitcase whatsoever and uh, so I had all my clothes sort of crammed into half of my camera case, and it worked <laughs> out. It was okay, you know. I actually found that I could work operate like that. Although they did need ironing when I got them out, uh, but um, you know, hey, that's no big deal. But now, uh, unfortunately, it meant that, you know, there were things like the headphones didn't work. I had to use buds. I also had a headset, but the headset didn't work because the head, the headset part of it, the headphone part of it, wasn't loud enough. So I had to wear the headset with the things sticking up to my mouth. You know, it was all a bit... So I ended up with just tons of wires and every, I'd put the camera down in order to reach over to get to the zoom and it would oh, sort oh. of pull, you know, like, oh, I must unplug that, otherwise it's going to fall on the floor. I's was like, yee. So it was a little bit ergonomically challenged this year. But um, I think we're came across great. I think we're getting there, and um, we're, we're going to figure out a way to do it slightly differently uh, in the future so that we can perhaps bring a bit more of the the live cam stuff on stream very fast, um, uh, if possible. And while I'm at it, um, this is a, a total side issue, um, I, I did find out um, also just before I left because I was very tempted to, to get hold of one, that the Dell Mini 10V, which is a netbook, runs a 1.6 Atom chip, there's a, a bit of software that you can download, um, and if you put a, a Snow Leopard installer on a USB stick, you can install and and have Snow Leopard running, pretty fine, um, using pretty much all of the facilities that the Dell notebook runs. I mean, it's it's all completely breaking every every kind of terms of service and what have you. But you can get OS 10 running on a Mini Ten 10V, and I'm I'm just really interested to do it because while I'm out, I've got to get a, a netbook or something so I can run the uh, uh, indemix so I want to run an Indomix install on it, and I thought, well, if I get something like that, I may as well get something I can run OSX on. Wouldn't that be fun? 200 quid notebook running S- OSX.
0: That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's a complete side issue and has nothing to do with anything much at all. But, uh, yeah, so no show next week. That was Sonic Talk number 170. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. Thanks to Dave Spears from G4software.com for joining us. And thanks to all of the people at Mesa that we talked to, to for giving us uh, plenty to talk about at this show.